0: Hello, hello. Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals Podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star or every you your podcast. I'm Johnny Venerable. Pleasured to join by Howard Balzer of GoPHNX.com. NFL Hall of Fame voter, longtime Cardinal reporter. Howard, you know, Bo and I left the Combine and it was such a grind that he immediately <laughs> had to jet set to Florida with his family. So <laughs> thankfully, we were able to top our guy, official beat reporter for PHNX Cardinals, Howard Balzer, on today's show. And man, oh man, uh, like I feel like the last two Combines, Howard, so uh, much news specific to this franchise, right?
1: No, no question. No, no question. And and a lot of stuff that didn't have to do with the combine uh, obviously yes. <laughs> with, with with last year of course when the news dropped i think it was on on monday of combine week with Ke- kyler murray's agent you know putting out his all capital letters manifesto of why the cardinals should sign kyler murray now and then of course the cardinals response in essence to that was a couple of days later signing cliff kingsbury and steve gyme to not only contract extensions, but contract extensions through 2028, and here we are a, a year later, and they're both not with the organization at anymore. We have a total re, you know, redo, rebuild, whatever you want to call it, uh, going on. And then, of course, this year at the combine, amidst everything going on, we had the NFLPA dropping its survey all 30, years, which, needless to say, was hardly flattering. Uh, to the Cardinals, uh, coming in 31st out of 32 teams. So I'm sure the Cardinals are hoping that next year at this time, when Indianapolis rolls around, that there'll be a lot more positive things to talk about.
0: You brought up, uh, the, the extensions to Kyler and and Cliff last year. And I have to tell a quick story. We were out late. Uh, I think it was Tuesday night, uh, in Indianapolis And it was myself and Bo and and, uh, producer Shane was with us as well. And somebody came up to me. He put his arm around me. He said, hey, where are my my Cardinal people at? And it's this guy, good-looking guy in a blue sweatshirt. I'm like, who is this? And he was incredibly friendly, having a good time. It was Eric Burkhardt, the agent for Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. He reps, if you can believe it, uh, presumed top-ten pick Tyree Wilson. So it'd be interesting to see how those negotiations would go if Tyree is eventually an Arizona Cardinals. So I had to tell that story. Uh, Eric is a fan of the show. We appreciate you, Eric. Uh, we appreciate all eighty-eight of you who are here live today. Like this video shared around the YouTube algorithm. And listen, let's let's get the cut and dry. This roster overhaul that I think we anticipated was coming is happening today. We got word, Howard, that Robbie Anderson, the easiest cut in the NFL was released or is released. That's going to save them $12 million against the cap. And then also Rodney Hudson um, presumably is going to be cut. Now I had it source last summer that he was basically retired, wanted to retire. And the Cardinals kind of courted him to come out because they didn't have a contingency plan. And then you think about Howard with Rodney, the fact that the Raiders, he was trying to get the Raiders to release him so he could go play in like Kansas city. So Kime had to intervene. They they traded for, for, for him with multiple thirds. That trade ended up being two years and about a handful of games played. A little more than that, but you get my point. I mean, that the Rodney Hudson saga, I put it out on Twitter today, it perfectly encapsulates Kime's era. It's like, yeah, we, we can't develop linemen. We don't provide, prioritize in the draft. Let's just go throw picks and money at Rodney Hudson. Hopefully it works out. And, you know, you've had a great staff for a long time that when he played – the yeah. Cardinals were very viable, but he just didn't play enough. That that's that's exactly the case.
1: And last year, you know, at least he played 12 games, which was the bulk of the season. And yeah. and the Cardinals were nine and three in those game <clears throat> in those games that he played. And then this year, like he said, I mean, I had talked Johnny, I had talked to some Raiders people when all the injuries were going on with Hudson, you know, early in the season, and he wasn't in the lineup. And 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 I said, you know, what what was it that led to him? being, you know, being traded and wanting out or whatever it was at that point. They said, well, it was mostly money, but it was also because here was a guy that had been threatening retirement for a couple of years, had had knee issues ongoing that he obviously couldn't shake this year. And, you know, the Cardinals were hoping, I'm sure, Hey, we can get two years out of them. That's that, that, you know, that's a pretty good plus, obviously that didn't work out. And, and like you said, the key was there was no contingency plan, but it always mm-hmm. seemed as was chronicled during this past season, it, it almost seemed like every move the Cardinals made, even though it looked good at the time, didn't work out for other reasons. And that was certainly the case at the center position because the Cardinals were primed to select Tyler Linderbaum in mm-hmm. the first round as the contingency plan for Hudson. If he decided, if he didn't decide, if he decided not to play. If he did decide to play and then there were injury issues, they they had their guy for the next decade. Well, then, of course, word comes privately at the time of the draft that DeAndre Hopkins was about to be suspended. And so now the Cardinals are looking at a situation, wow, we're not going to have Hopkins for six games. So they pulled the trigger on the Hollywood Brown deal, which negated getting Linderbaum. And so here we are now, almost a year later, and wondering who's the next center for this team Going to be, but you know it's interesting. You mentioned Hudson wanting to be released to go to the Chiefs. Well, look what the Chiefs did. I mean, they drafted who? Creed Humphrey. Yeah, and he, and, he, and here's another guy. I think he was a second round pick, if I'm not mistaken. He was. Yeah, he was. I mean, this guy came in right away, started right away, and he's probably their center uh, for the next decade. So that's what they, that's just one of the many holes that the Cardinals have to worry about uh, this. You know, this off season is. You know, it's just a matter of when Hudson goes off the roster, whether it's a real. you know, I have thought all along that this was probably going to be a post June 1st situation, Mm -hmm. but part of his contract, which they lowered his base salary, which I learned is that there's a $1 million roster bonus that is due to be paid on March 19th, which means if he's on the roster on the fifth day of the league year, then the Cardinals have to pay him a million dollars. Can't imagine him doing that. And really, if you look at, the cap ramifications of it. It's not that much different if he's on, you know, if, if, if he was cut or retired before June 1st, obviously before March 19th, or if they waited till after June 1st, because the thing people forget that if you wait until after June 1st, all of the money is still counting against the cap Mm -hmm. until the player is gone after June 1st. So there's not that much of a difference if, you know, if, you know, if they would, you know, cut the cord quickly, I would assume it would come before uh, the nineteenth because I mean I, some would say, "Well, it'll be a nice going away present." Well, he really got the going away present last, this past. He did.
0: I mean, he, played, he played. He played the only, Cardinals. Yeah, they, I only, mean, for only playing four games. Yeah, I mean, he he didn't. He who knows if, if he's going to play next year or not? I would uh, it, Yeah, he was done last year. He, and he got he got some fat checks from the Cardinals. They put themselves in that position. And I think, you know, Kimes getting demolished in the chat, and rightfully so. He just didn't do a good enough job. Um, but here's something I would take solace in if you're a Cardinal fan and, and try to bear with me as we get as I get through this point. Because uh, the kind of the consensus I got from being around folks in Mobile, or not Mobile, Indianapolis, I wouldn't get too hung up on cap space with this team this year. This could very well be a year in which they've got some cap that goes unspent. I don't know that definitively. But it's not so much cap space as it is opportunities, opportunities for new people, specifically draft picks, young players to come in and, and try to win a job. Um, because this roster and how are you, I, I'm assuming you're going to attest with this as well. It's not a bunch of players signing free agency away from contending. Um, they're going to fill holes. They they'll, they'll probably go out and sign a center on a one or two year contract because they can't go into the draft thinking, well, we have to force a pick at center at pick thirty four. I I love John Michael Schmitz. He's fantastic. What if he goes 28th, right? What do you do then? You got to have a contingency plan in place. But, you know, I got asked this a lot today after that report came out. Like, how much are they going to save? I'm not a capologist, but I know like definitively this team's not going to be in the market for a Javon Hargraves. They're not going to go out and spend 15, 20, 21 million dollars on singular players. They're going to go out and be crafty and cautious look for guys that have a familiarity, certainly with drew Petsine and Jonathan Gannon and Nick Rallis, of course, cause they were together in Philadelphia that they can fill out the meat of this roster while also recouping like, cause like nobody in free agency and this is where Kime struggled. Nobody this month is going to hamper a, a draft picks development. That was always the issue with Kime and Vance Joseph and Cliff Kingsbury where they'd sign players and then they draft players. And then it was just, this came the fall, like there was no singular plan. If they go out and they sign a center to a two-year contract and they draft John Michael Smith, it'll be an open competition. And they want John Michael Smith to win that job, right? That, that and and a fourth round pick could be eight out of free agent. That was never the case. You know, we've got Tanner Vallejo starting over Isaiah Simmons. Like that's unacceptable. That can't happen. You've got the eighth overall pick. So that to me is where things are going to change. They they want to come out of this draft with. 12 picks plus this roster needs a bunch of infusion of young talent so they can afford any player they want but I think they're going to be very specific and rightfully so who they choose Howard to bring into this locker room because Robbie Anderson had some stuff he was dealing with they willingly brought him on as kind of like a last resort and then Rodney Hudson I I don't think that sets a good example like he was a great person or you know a great human being immense experience and knowledge but like Cardinals need to be paying players that are available and that uh you know go to bat for. He's he's the opposite, really, of somebody like Jason Kelsey, who literally you'd have to pull him from the field to to get him not to play. And they Cardinals need players like that.
1: Yeah, no question. And it's interesting you mentioned Kelsey because the other center that the Cardinals wanted in the draft last year after not getting Linderbaum in round one was Cam Jurgens. And then the yeah. Eagles drafted Jurgens. I think it was yeah. four spots. In front of the Cardinals uh, mm-hmm. to be the heir apparent to Jason Kelsey. But I, I think you run on with a lot of it. I mean, if, if there's a guy coming out of his first contract that is worth some money that you have yeah. the, the real confidence is going to be around for four or five years, then I could see doing that. And while I think it would be a great addition for this team for a guy like Hargrave, I mean, he's 30 years old. And so, yeah. how many years are you going to get out of him? Now, if you can get two years, a two year deal for reasonable. Well, bring him in there because he's a good character guy and a yeah. good player. But you're right. I, th- I think a big part of this, it's, all, it's almost going to be like the coaching staff, I would think. as <laughs> Yeah. This roster will – because I think they want to be at least younger on the roster with players <laughs> than they are with coaches. And they've gone very young with the coaching staff. And you're mm-hmm. right. I think they'll, they'll do that and, and try to pick up as many draft choices as they can, which is really going to make the next month and a half intriguing – wondering if they're going to keep that third overall pick. And I know we're going to get to that later, later in the show, keep that pick or just you know get as many picks as you can that are going to help this roster get better.
0: Yeah. No one wants to see this team lose if they're going to lose in September and October with old players. I exactly. mean, it was the biggest problem I had, like, uh, you know, at the end of the year, Cam Thomas and Maje Sanders not getting playing time over some of these veterans. It just didn't make sense. But, um, one of the players that we expect to be moved, the show has been on this since mid-January, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, the buzz in in Indy was not, will he get moved? It's how quickly is this going to happen? And then we've got a new report from Mike Silver Howard basically saying, like, Monty Austin Fort has been making phone calls, taking phone calls for the last couple of days. And, you know, I, I assume that's been happening happening for some time. Goodness, if you if you get a look at no disrespect, the the free agent receiving core, it's not great. Now Michael Thomas could be released. Keenan Allen could be released, but Hopkins is clearly above all, you know, the most impactful singular player, assuming that he can rebound after a couple down years. But I mean, Howard, we've got a graphic here from producer Emma. There are some teams that I know definitively are in the mix. And then there are some teams that make sense. But, you know, we had Benjamin Albright come on this show this time last week and say it's going to be Kansas City. We had some folks from PFF come on the show and say the Giants want him. Everybody from Joke and we that we talked to said the Bears would redo that deal in a second for Clay Claypool for DeAndre Hopkins. Then I heard some stuff, you know, from a source about the Patriots. What do you make of the Hopkins market, and do you think the Cardinals should settle for a second-round pick, or much of the fan base they want a first? Well,
1: I can understand a fan base wanting a first, and I was responding to a few people on Twitter. Today, and they're saying, Well, how can you not get it first for DeAndre Hopkins when he gave up a first for Marquise Brown? And they refer to Hopkins as being in his prime. Well, let's remember it was three years ago when he was even more in his prime. I would argue he's not really in his prime now, especially coming off two years of injury and going to turn 31 in June. And he has a big contract. Whoever's going to take on that contract, and people have to understand a lot of times that tr- when trades are made, a lot of times, the draft compensation isn't as good as you'd like it to be because of the player's contract. And and Hopkins is due $19.5 million uh, this year and, you know, and then a a big number next year. So you have to think, well, what team is going to want to take that on and hope that he is as closer to his prime than not, you know, going to be 31 and coming off those injuries. So I, I, so I think that it, so bottom line, though, is let's remember, three years ago, Hopkins' contract was the big issue in terms of him leaving Houston, and the Cardinals didn't give a number one pick then. So it's interesting right. to me that, that people wonder, well, why can't they get a number one for him when they didn't even have to give a number one for
0: him when he was three years younger three years ago? Yeah. And I think that's the sticking point for some people. Here's what I will say. You know, it's a it's a seller's market if you've got a D hop because I... You know, this draft class has got some got some guys, but they've never played it down in the NFL. And it's not comparable to last year's draft class. The, the Chris Olave is of the world, you know, Garrett Wilson. There's nobody like that in this draft. Like Quentin Johnson's a, a magnificent player, but he was undersized. He was two inches shorter than everybody thought. He was six two instead of six four. Any body catches. Like if if you're Green Bay and you're going all in, if Rodgers is back, or if you're Kansas City and you're you're moving off Juju and you want to bring in like there's only one player that's going to fit this, and so I, I'm with you. I think, of course, everybody would like a first-round pick, and you see some of these teams, Green Bay, Kansas City, the Giants. It's a late first, so that's where you're going to start the conversation if you're Monty Austin for it. Then you're probably going to have to pivot to a second. You could get a second, maybe some change, but I, to me, it, this, this team, with Kyler Murray's injury, a new regime, it's the right time to, to sell high, and I say high, you know, of course— knowing Hopkins is over 30, but it's the same issue. The team should have sold high on Patrick Peterson once upon a time, and they didn't. So this is forward thinking. It's going to be difficult, Howard, to watch DeAndre Hopkins play well for somebody else next year. It's going to be difficult the day he gets traded to, to come on this show and talk about it because really you look back Cardinals only got three years and about two seasons worth of play from Hopkins and one postseason birth. So you can make an argument like, you know, at the end of the day, could you call it a success? I think it was, but just because they gave up a second, and they they dumped David Johnson's contract. I don't think it it reached its culmination like we all would have hoped. Um, and again, I man, if he goes to somewhere like a Kansas City, I mean, we're all just be prepared. If he's if he's healthy, he's he's gonna produce for them.
1: No, he he probably will. There's no doubt about it. And here's the thing too. When I, I mentioned about contracts, is that None of the money he has left on his contract. And it's about, you know, it's $19.45 million this year and then $14.9 million and change next year. That's pretty good money for two years, but none of it is guaranteed. So you mm-hmm. know that Hopkins wants some guarantees. And so that's yeah. going to be a team that will not only be looking to give up draft choice compensation, but knowing they're probably going to have to restructure that contract and take a whole bunch of that salary this year, turn it into a signing bonus, add a year or two to it, probably voidable years where they can spread out the salary cap hit and just hope like you said that at 31 in June that that they get, you know, a couple of really good years out of him and that he avoids injury but you know two knee injuries in a you know two knee injuries in two years, two hamstring injuries in two years and and that can very well make teams a little bit wary. And you know yes. the, the Chiefs a lot of times they're not a huge you know, spending team. I mean, look at this year. They, they didn't want to go the distance for Tyreek Hill, ended up mm-hmm. trading him, got great draft choice compensation for him. And then they signed, you know, they signed guys just to fill in with Patrick Mahomes, yeah. future, like you said, Marquez Valdez Scantling. And they still won the Super Bowl with those yeah. guys. So they're probably thinking, well, why do we have to pay $20 million plus or whatever it's going to be for DeAndre Hopkins as good as he is? So all I'm saying is, I think it complicates the trade market somewhat, and it's going to be very, very interesting to see what exactly happens. That for the Cardinals to get some kind of value uh, for him, and and then and then remember too, I, I know you mentioned about the cap, and it was a good point, but and they they will save on the cap no matter what, but right, you know, if he's still on the roster, which I don't suspect he will be by a week from Wednesday when the new league year begins, he counts over thirty million against mm-hmm. the cap. Now the Cardinals, yes. th- that's on the cap. So the, that, that's, that's within the numbers that they know uh, that they can handle, but yeah, they still don't want that lingering, you know, that much longer uh, after that. And if, and if they do trade them prior to June 1st, then it'll be 8 million. They'll still take a $22 million uh, cap hit. So, you know, they can live with it, like you said, and go forward because this is this, this is long range for the wh- who knows what's going to happen this season? Certainly, you don't want to be bad, but you also are, are building, trying to build this thing, and, and and obviously get a whole lot better players around Kyler Murray on that offense. That's the big question, though. What do you do at wide receiver? I mean, they have right. the question with Marquise Brown, who's in the final year of his deal at a little over thirteen million, I believe it is. Do you sign him to a long de- long term deal? Do so people think that he has earned a four or five year contract worth nineteen or twenty million a year? I'm not so sure of that. So yeah. that's a position that they really have to pay a lot of attention to uh, going forward, especially when you talk so much about surrounding Kyler Murray with the talent that can bring out his best.
0: Yeah, to me, the team that makes a ton of sense, and I heard it about Thursday afternoon, I got a text message. I mean, New England, to me, you're not paying Mac Jones anything yet. Your offense has been disheveled. You know, you, you can't develop receivers there. You've missed so many times if you're Bill Belichick in the draft. We know that Belichick and Hopkins have an admiration for each other. It's really just the Bill O'Brien piece. Can those two coexist? Uh, Because if they could, I feel like the deal might be done already. But um, the Giants is also a team to watch, depending on, like, can they get this Daniel Jones deal done? What do you do with Saquon? I mean, they were paying Kenny Galladay big money, and he was giving them nothing. So I'm sure they would – you know, gladly upgrade with with DeAndre Hopkins. He's going to have a market. You know, this show is on the beat uh, when and if it happens, when it happens uh, in the coming days. Um, So we'll see. We're also going to see our friends at Circle K a lot because they're the newest partner. I don't know if you know this, Howard, of PHNX. PHNX Cardinals is happy to announce that Circle K is joining the PHNX family. Uh, You know, you, you think about PHNX synonymous with Valley Sports, now Circle K of course, synonymous with the elite of convenience stores. And again, it's bigger than just a gas station. It's a place you can go, feel good about, get coffee, get food, recharge your batteries, and get this Circle K is giving away a $500 gas card to one of our Arizona listeners. All you got to do out there is text PHNX to 31310 to enter. Again, $500 gas card from our friends um, at Circle K to any of our listeners here at PHNX Programming. Just text PHNX. To 31310 to enter. It's been a phenomenal start to the partnership. We don't go hand in hand with partners we do not use and believe in ourselves. That's Circle K. And our next partner, Mr. Howard Balzer, Four Peaks. Some of our favorite beers are on tap there this month. We've got spring training tours throughout March. It's baseball season right around the corner. Nothing better than spring training and a tall glass of your favorite Four Peaks beverage. Our friends at Four Peaks will be out at the M3F Festival March 3rd and 4th. Again, if you missed that, check it out. It's a phenomenal experience with Four Peaks. Anytime you're in the Valley, all you got to do to keep up on their events, go to fourpeaks.com slash events. You can see their Beer Week Entertainment. Check them out at Four Peaks in Tempe. It's a staple of the Valley. I'm sure Jonathan Gannon and his staff, they don't know already about Four Peaks. They're going to learn about it soon enough. Again, Four Peaks Brew at Four Peaks Brew on social media. Uh, I hope our guy Bo Brock is having a couple Four Peaks as he recharges his batteries, much deserved on the sandy beaches of Florida. We are back here on the grind, that being Howard Balzer and myself. And I mean, let's talk a little uh, NFL Combine recap. Howard, it was a crazy environment. Jalen Carter, not available for obvious reasons. I wrote about it on GoPHNX.com. I think the Cardinals have taken him off their draft board, presumably at three, um, which opens up a lot of possibilities. But I've heard their preference. They want to trade down. Now, that's easier said than done. But from your vantage point, you know, what needs to happen for that to happen? Do the Bears have to move first? Do you start making calls right now? I mean, we've got rumors that Seattle, even though they just re-signed Geno, likes Anthony Richardson. You got the Colts right behind you. How can the Cardinals leverage this third overall pick, in your opinion?
1: That is a great question because you almost have to have the other teams move and have some, so t- so someone trading into that, if they're going to do it early, they have to be confident that a guy is there that they want. I mean, we saw a yeah. couple years ago in the 49ers uh, did it pretty early, uh, but you know, there was the whole debate. Is it going to be Trey Lance? Is it going to be Mac Jones? And it turned out to be Trey Lance, but mm-hmm. they, knew they were in pretty good position to get that quarterback at that number three spot. So the big question is what, what other will will the team really know or, and here, and here's a part of it. See, I I always believe the whole Jalen Carter thing, certainly a lot of teams are going to be looking closely at that. I don't know if it's going to affect his draft status that much, but I was always had the sense that the Cardinals would prefer if they were to stay at three, prefer a pure pass rusher as opposed to Jalen Carter, as good as Carter is. But you can get a, you know, you can get a Will Anderson there, or even uh, Tyree Wilson. Then that that might have been what they would might have preferred anyway. And so now it becomes a fact. Hey, you you might be if you're willing to trade down. Well, if, if the quarterbacks go one two, then yeah. so, someone could come up for Anderson. And mm-hmm. now you're probably not going to get as good a package for that as you would yeah. for a team wanting a quarterback. But you'd still get a pretty good draft package for it. So probably they're going to have to wait it out a bit. I know that, you know, Ryan Poles, the Bears general manager, you know, had a big talk with uh, with the media in Chicago, and he was talking about, boy, I'd love to get this done early, but you can't rush into it because you don't want to pull the trigger too early, and then perhaps there might have been a better deal out there. And you also don't know where teams stand on who do they really believe is the number one player in the draft. Is, yeah, is, is a team really willing to dr- go up that high for Bryce Young? And mm-hmm. you know, that's a big question. I mean, again, yeah. you know, big story of the week was how, which was no surprise, he measured almost almost identically to Kyler Murray. And right. Is, you know, is a team going to want to take that chance with a smaller guy who's
0: not even? And he's not the athlete, in my opinion, that Kyler was no, coming out with the ex- with the explosiveness. They're not he's on the not. same level.
1: No. So, so that becomes the question. Sure. You know, the bears would love to trade down and he's talking about, oh, I know I can get a number one in 24 and a number one in 25 yeah. and then some other picks this year. Well, you know, we're not, we're not talking about Peyton Manning here. You know, we're not talking yeah. about Andrew Locke. We're not even talking about how, you know, how you know Trevor Lawrence was viewed uh, coming out. So I'm now, this is me. I'm not convinced that there's any quarterback, that's worth giving up that much for. But we also know how teams just get so pressured and so, you know, out of their minds for guys that they make deals that they regret later. I mean, you know, look look at the quarterbacks that have been taken in the top handful of, you know, the the top handful of picks over the last number of years, you know, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, Jared Goff, uh, Carson Wentz. I mean, these are guys that aren't even with the teams that, they were drafted by Carson Wentz right now don't even have a team and so that's that's the risk you take and i just don't think there's the value there in any of these quarterbacks so that's going to obviously drive what the cardinals are able to do um you know with that pick but chances are they're going to have to wait
0: the good news is, is I don't think any of these quarterbacks hurt their draft stock, and uh, you can make an argument. Richardson certainly helped himself. I, you know, he's a specimen. He's he's enormous, and a team can talk themselves into him being Josh Allen two C.J. Stroud threw the ball exceptionally well. Will Levis helped himself, and you know Bryce Young certainly didn't hurt. I don't think he hurt his stock, but um, but there's a conversation to be had now, and I think Howard something happened this morning, and I tweeted about it that, that helped the Cardinals, I believe, and that's New Orleans getting Derek Carr. Derek Carr had been talking to Carolina and some of these other teams and producer Emma, if when you get a minute, can we see the draft order? And this is why Derek Carr helped the Cardinals. The Cardinals need to be in a position where they're in a waiting game with some of these quarterback needy teams in the top 10. Like right now on this show, everybody should be rooting for Aaron Rodgers to either stay in Green Bay or go to the Jets. Because the Cardinals want to be sitting there licking their chops, that Vegas needs a quarterback, Atlanta and Carolina, and not pictured Tennessee at eleven. Which, by the way, they look like they're gutting the roster, and we know Monty's got relationships in Tennessee. To me, it, it plays out like this: you know, everything that I heard from Benjamin Albright and some of the other people we were talking with Howard is Houston would like to go up to number one. Now, maybe they can talk themselves into Estrada. But if Houston goes to one, that that creates a problem with the Cardinals because then it's like Chicago now holds the pieces again in number two. And ideally, a team like Atlanta, Carolina, or Vegas would go to one because then you know definitively the top two picks are quarterbacks. So then it becomes, okay, Indy wants to come up to three, give us a pick. Atlanta wants to come up to three, give us some picks. The Cardinals are in a provocative position, I think, an advantageous position, Assuming that Roger stays with Green Bay or the Jets and that, you know, even if Houston goes to one, I still think there's a path for the Cardinals to trade down. It just becomes a little murkier. Um, So I was talking to some people, Howard, um, while I was in Indianapolis and the general consensus. No, don't don't take this to the bank. This is just what I heard was that the Cardinals would like to talk themselves into a line of scrimmage player in a trade down scenario. The kid from Oregon, phenomenal cornerback. The kid from Illinois, you know, close to my hometown of Bloomington, fantastic player, right? Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State, great. But what I heard was that Gannon, I know this, it's his favorite position. He loves the defensive backs, but he likes to take guys that are undervalued and make them into players. And I just don't know if the Cardinals have the appetite with knowing the importance of the line of scrimmage and knowing that they don't have a D-line to speak of. And their interior offensive line is dicey and they're, their tackle situations murky. I think they would like to walk away, whether it's at 3, 9, 10, 11, with a line of scrimmage impact player. Now, I could be wrong about that, but that's just the kind of sense. So, like, watch like a Paris Campbell Jr. Watch Skaronsky from Northwestern. Tyree Wilson obviously is a name to keep an eye on. And I think that's the right decision. And I, I don't want to, you know, knock on cornerbacks for 45 minutes. But to me, the Cardinals are so much more than a cornerback away. They need a tone center up front on, on either side of the line of scrimmage. Now, if they take Christian Gonzalez and he's a pro bowler, that's great. You know, Sauce Gardner last year, Patrick Sertain the year before, he could be next in line. But something tells me, after talking to three or four people, like they, they want to take an offensive or defensive lineman, including, I'll include pass rusher in that.
1: No, no, I think you're right on. And I also think that the wild card in all this, especially if they trade down, is where do those other picks come? Uh, because yeah. that's where you can get some of those players, and you know you mentioned Tyree Wilson as good as he 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 is viewed now. This yeah. draft is really deep, and so you should be able to get one, if it, even if it's not one of those top couple of guys, whether it's right. later in the first round, early in the second. <laughs> I mean, there's so many ramifications to this. But the other thing, just to go back to the to the order of the round. The real wild card, first of all, if the Bears and Texans would flip spots, it wouldn't be surprising to see the Bears trade again uh, after. That. Right. That's what I mean. Um, so they're, they, yeah, exactly. they, they're in the and driver's that, seat then, which is unfortunate. Right. And that brings Indianapolis into play here because on two mm-hmm. levels, one, and some would say, well, you know, if, if there's still a quarterback there that you like, well, you don't have to trade with the Cardinals. Uh, let's just say, depending on how the two picks go. But what Indianapolis has to be wary of is someone else behind them jumping right. in front of them to get, mm-hmm. Who you know, especially if it's if it's one of the quarterbacks. And who knows? Maybe they fall in love with Richardson. Maybe they fall in love with Levis. You know, who knows? You know, that's that's a thing that we never know. We we can look at all the projections and all, you know, the Todd McShays and the Mel Kuypers and all Daniel Jeremiah's and they all do a great job. Don't get me wrong but they don't right. know truly what teams are really thinking about these guys. And that's why when the draft rolls around every year, we sit there and go, oh, my goodness, that that's a surprise. That's a surprise. Yeah. Well, it shouldn't be a surprise because we never really know what each individual team is thinking about mm-hmm. these guys. But, you know, that's what makes this, you know, this opening part of the round <laughs> just, you know, re- it's always a crapshoot, Johnny, but yeah. maybe even more so uh, this year and – and especially when it comes to those quarterbacks to see which teams really love these guys. And then we'll look at it three years later and they'll be going, Oh my goodness, we made a mistake, but you yeah. never think you're making a mistake when you make that pick in April.
0: Yeah. And I think I you know it's going to be tough. We, we went from, you know, Jalen Carter, Will Anderson or Bust, right. And yeah. Hopkins is a member of the Arizona Cardinals. And now there's this reality coming into play of, well, we're not going to get Jalen or Will, and we're trading away DeAndre Hopkins. Like, what are we doing? And I get that, and that it's it's a tough mindset. But I think, well, I know, like this team is more than just Will Anderson Jr. away from being competitive. And I he would be my choice if they stick and pick at three, because uh, I think he 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 checks every box that you want this new regime to be able to say that's our poster child for for Cardinal football for the next ten years under this regime. But I by hook or by crook, I think they're com- they're they're staunchly committed to trading this pick if they can get something for it. Even if it's just let's trade down a couple picks and then you give us your second this year, which is a top 50 pick. That's a that's a starter. That's somebody that they feel like has Pro Bowl potential. I think we're gonna be in a position, Howard, and I told this to Bo, I think on Friday's show. I think the Cardinals are gonna end up with three seconds this year, which will be absolutely wild. It's it's unprecedented. And I also feel like Cardinal fans are scarred because this team has never prioritize drafting and developing at a high level. And I think that it's, it's difficult. I'm going through this too. We want to play this game of sign this player in free agency trade picks for players. That was the kind way of doing things. And and that's over. This team now wants to build a sustainable winner. Everybody does, but you do that, especially with a $50 million quarterback through the draft. And so um, maybe there's a scenario where they could trade down slightly with an Indy or somebody like that and still get Will Anderson. Everything's on the table. But it just, it feels like, especially Howard, I don't know if you saw this or not, like Bidwell went on eight seven and said, like, we're revamping our scouting approach, which number one, that's great, but it's not going to be implemented until this college football season. So right. wouldn't it make sense then to say, well, we want two ones next year and we want two twos and whatever, get as many picks for next season as well. That not to say you're punting on this year's draft, but it's like this this rebuild and it's a rebuild right now is going to take more than one singular offseason no question about that that's
1: absolutely no question about that and i think that you know you mentioned if you pick up a number 2 with a slight trade down to be top 50 might might probably be top 40 right and and who knows you know if if hopkins ends up getting a second round pick that would likely be later uh, in the round uh, but still like you said that's 3 seconds uh, they're probably going to get a pick at the end of the third round as a compensatory pick, and they've got some extra choices uh, coming there. And then, then the other part of it, too, let's remember, trade downs aren't limited to only the first first round. I no mean, doubt. They're, they're going to have the third pick in in the second round, which is 34th overall. Mm-hmm. And who's to say that, hey, especially you, you in the second round, there, there's, there's going to be a bunch of players there that yeah. you would be probably happy with. Well, if there's some other team that just wants a certain player, you could trade down from, from two and, and get an ex- another three or who, who knows what yep. or what it might be. So that, that's going to be real interesting because, you know, the one thing about Monty Austin obviously he's going to take from all the different places he was. But the one thing he witnessed year after year in New England when he was with the Patriots was Bill Belichick. And they, they weren't that – they, they, they haven't been that great a drafting team. I mean, that's one thing we need to get out there, but they also, Bill Belichick traded all over the place, trading here, trading Mm -hmm. there, you know, picking up a pick next year and trading for this. I mean, he, he, he did that all the time and they would end up with, with a bunch of extra picks. And I'm going to be real curious if that's one of the things that, uh, that, that Austin Fort really works uh, to try to accomplish in this draft. And like you said, that could end up, you know, picking up some picks next year and, and, you know, don't give up too many this year, but still get some extras uh, next year, which will just continue and help uh, that rebuild.
0: It's a it's a loaded draft at a couple different positions. It's a loaded slate tonight on DraftKings talking to NBA. The Phoenix Suns feel like house money right now. Anytime you wager on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, you've got a ton of odds, future props, uh, NFL free agency, whatever you want to dabble in spring training, uh, we've got March Madness right around the corner. No better time than to tap in with the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PHNX. Get this. New customers can bet a mere $5, get $200 in bonus bets instantly. It doesn't have to be on the spread or the money line or the over-under. Whatever you want. Put a five spot on it if you're a new customer. Slam that promo code PHNX. Get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook app with promo code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply See show notes for details. I don't think there's a better time of the year, even in the NFL season, to dabble on DraftKings right now. There's so much stuff going on, there's so much action to be had. Speaking of action, if your furniture is not up to snuff, if it's not up to par, take a note from us and check out our friends locally owned in the valley at More Furniture. They do the white glove delivery service, it's phenomenal. Everything you see the luxurious stylings of uh, the PHNX office, the recliners, everything we use on our shows. It comes from more furniture, and it comes at a discounted price. I was at a certain big box retailer over uh, last weekend that supposedly is synonymous with savings with furniture. It may rhyme with Schmikea, and it's not. Prices have gone up everywhere outside of our friends at More Furniture. Save on, on the best, biggest furniture in the Valley when you head to, you guessed it, morefurniture.com Howard um so last week the NFLPA released their I don't know report cards if you want to call it and we went in on the Cardinals pretty hard and you've got a tremendous article that I read before the show today at gophnx.com detailing the Cardinals' failing grades but when you saw that come out I just want to get your thoughts were, were you surprised you're at the facility almost every day during the season you talk with players what was your reaction to that NFLPA report I was I, I was somewhat surprised that it was that bad. I mean, yeah.
1: and that's you know that's the thing about it. And you know we we get a limited view of of the facility. Uh, certainly, you know we we're not in the weight room. Uh, we you know we when we go into the locker room for uh, for availability, we you know pass by the the cafeteria area where everyone eats, and it, lo- it looks like you know a pretty good setup. Um, mm-hmm. the, the locker room, you could see where I mean they don't even have enough locker space in in the main locker room for all their players during the regular season and granted a lot of times that's affected by a number of guys on injury reserve and all that and and there are a lot more guys on practice squads now than there used to be but they've, they've got players in you know in, in an auxiliary locker room and oh, so man. that was one thing that that i noticed and wondered about because i I'd, I'd never seen that before now in all honesty i haven't covered a lot of teams um but so, so like I said, so a certain amount of that uh, did, you know, did surprise me in terms of, you know, some of the things about, especially that some of the players feel that that, that the, the weight room area is, is unsafe and there's floorboards uh, coming up, uh, stuff like that. And when you mm-hmm. hear about, you know, players being charged, you know, if they want a dinner, then, oh, yeah, they'll box up dinner, but then they take it out of their paychecks. And I'm, I'm thinking, wow, I mean, it's just, you know, you want guy. you know, you're, you always hear the term, Johnny, as you know, you know, you know, first one in the door, last one out. Well, Yeah. So if you're, if you're spending extra time at the facility and you're there till seven, I don't know, you know, so if you're there till seven o'clock, whatever, 730, whatever time it is, it'd be nice to get a meal, you know, especially if you're single and you don't have, you know, anyone, anyone to cook for you. But to yeah. take it out of a player's check, I mean. That that was that was that was a little shocking to me, but mainly it was just a comparison to all the other teams. And I included that in in the story today. It wasn't just talking about the Cardinals, but it was talking about a team like the Vikings, uh, which mm-hmm. who, were, who were number one and basically had all A's. Everything was either mm-hmm. an A minus, an A or an A plus. And, you know, they built a new facility within the last five to 10 years. I think it was and spent over 90 million dollars on it. But the players just love it. And I know there's, you know, some people always react, oh, these are complaining players, you know, and and all this stuff. But the irony to me, Johnny, is that how much do we hear about, well, they got to change the culture. Oh, you got to change the culture. We heard that so much about this team. And when some people think of culture, they think, oh, that's the GM, that's this, that's that. All of this is really what the culture is of how an organization views its players and how they, you know, do things to make it a great place, you know, to come to come and work. And so yeah. it's gonna be interesting to see what they do about it because because Michael Bidwell did have some comments. You know, he talked about uh, when Jonathan Gannon was introduced as the head coach, you know, he talked about, you know, things that they talked about about things that we can do better. Uh, on his uh, interview on 987 during their newsmakers week, he talked about, you know, we have to look closely at the sports science and a lot of those things and see how we can improve there because all all that's tremendously important. I I see these teams hiring like seven and eight guys on their staffs for sports science and sports nutrition and this and that, and all these different areas, which are so important. And especially when you have a lot of young guys, you don't want them leaving the facility and going to McDonald's for dinner. I mean, you you want them eating right. And you want them them trained and, and counseled on how to eat right. And all those things. And I know in the cafeteria there they do have a you know a big board that talks about oh, this has this many calories, this has this and this has that.
0: But every elementary school in America has that these yeah, well, that's <laughs> a, a good point
1: That's a good point. And so, you know, these are the things that are very, very important uh, to players and to teams. And and even though some will think, well, how much does that really have to do with 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 being successful? And I know some people pointed out, like the Chiefs, for example, were pretty low you know, and a bunch of things. Apparently they have some old facilities and, you know, things like that, but you know, there's always outliers. You can't just look yeah. at one thing that maybe is an outlier and say, well, then it's okay if you're horrible and you have like a eight of eight categories. The Cardinals
0: had five F's. I yeah. Mean, they had the most it's F's like, of anybody. It's
1: not like they were just average or a little low. I mean, they had five F's and, it, and that's just not a good look. And so it's going to be very interesting to
0: see what the organization
1: does to improve it.
0: It's it it, it I thought they'd probably be middle of the pack, maybe toward the bottom tier. I did not think that they would be by far and away the worst. I mean, the commanders had four F's the Cardinals had five. Um, To me, I'm shocked that Michael Bidwell by doing that. I mean, you don't prioritize your players and their nutrition and their bodies. And I always thought he was kind of different from his dad in that sense, because his dad was very stringent on, on contract extensions. They let people leave and, and flourish elsewhere like the one thing I would always be able to say about Michael is we got the new stadium built and he pays players, right? Every, you know, Patrick Peterson got an extension and Larry Fitzgerald got extensions and Calais and Darnell and people got paid. So I'm like, okay, well, certainly he cares about the other stuff the you know, that's below that. We gotta, we gotta make sure we're, we're caring for people and their families to see that. I mean, I think about Howard, how, how poor this team is at drafting. And that comes directly from your scouting department. And these scouts, you know, it's not a glamorous job. You're away from your families when you're at the facility, you're working 12 hour days. These guys are making like 70 grand, right? And so in most organizations, I know for a fact scouts live off of these free meals. Like I'm gonna just eat all day at the facility, I'm gonna take my food home. To imagine like looking at your scouts who already are under the gun, they don't make any money and says you're gonna have to pay for that box lunch that you eat here. I mean, that that is absolutely ridiculous. And it it makes me feel like, well by doing so, you're not going to attract the best people. Like, Why do why does Google and IBM and all these Fortune 50 companies attract the best people that come in? Everything's free, right? We have the best health plans. We have the best pension, the 401k. Cardinal's like, and this was a point I made last week, Howard, that the internet and fan acumen, it's evolved now. You can't run a clown show like this and expect to just skate under it you know, pension pennies. You're going to be exposed. And I applaud the NFLPA for this. I think it's we need to hold these owners accountable because there's an owner down the street in Phoenix in Matt Ishbia that's turned mm-hmm. the heat up on everybody in the Valley. And when you're down there and you're Michael Bidwell and you're hosting Super Bowls and everything's great, but then suddenly a week later, you're being compared to Daniel Snyder in Washington. It's not a place you <laughs> want to be. So I I do think that it will force force the issue. I don't think... You know, I saw some people say Bidwell needs to make a statement. What what can you even say at this point? You, ha- you have to speak with actions, not words. You've got to take steps immediately. And again, like I, I was speaking with somebody um, last week, and they told me, like, Gannon's a nutrition freak, and that will change. And they will put pressure on Bidwell to revamp everything as it relates to player care and taking care of their bodies. And, you know, when I remember when Michael took over and Ken Wisenhut became the head coach, they leveled up in a lot of ways. But now it's that time has come again. Like what you did in two thousand six, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Now you need to you need to upgrade from that, right? Now it can't just be good enough that you got a new stadium built, um, and you've won you know more than you did back in you know your Sun Devil days and back in St. Louis in the eighties. Like okay, now you need to take another step. You can't just be happy with the status quo because you know this, Howard. Like everybody gets an equal check from the NFL, so it's the only league really where you don't have to be successful to, to, to be in the green every year. And so I think a lot of these owners of the past would just sit back and collect their check. And so it's good to put pressure on ownership, especially a, a team that you know has the longest professional drought in all of pro sports. So um, yeah, I, I don't think we'll heal from Michael Bidwell again. I think it's rightfully so it's going to be Monty out in front and Gannon out in front Have them do everything moving forward because they're they're the clean slate. I think the fan base wants, whether or not they'll succeed, we'll see, but they have the mantra of, yeah, don't worry about last season. Don't worry about all this stuff. We're new. We come from winning cultures. We'll take care of everything.
1: No, I think you make it tremendous amount of points. And, you know, one of the teams that was in the top group was Miami. And I was, I didn't realize I had forgotten that they had opened a new facility, a training facility two years ago, it was hundred and fifteen million dollars, and I saw yeah. some defending the Cardinals because maybe six or seven years ago they spent like fifteen million or something, you know, upgrading yeah. what they had. Here's a hundred and fifteen million, and I read that they have a two, you know, a two-story weight room, and I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. it's just like it's all state-of-the-art stuff, and and that's that's what you have to do to compete. And players talk to each other. Um, now, granted, offering money certainly is a big part of it in terms of contracts. But you also want to be at a place that, that cares about you. And the other part, you know, we talked about nutrition. You know, here's a team. Now, let's let's be real about it. A big a big factor in what happened to this team over the last year and a half was just an incredible number of injuries. Now, yeah. were they flukes? Was it luck? What was it? Well, that's something they should be looking at really long and hard. Of you know, why why were there you know so many injuries? Why were they just constant? And they weren't just all. So- Issue stuff, you know, there, I mean, yeah, last year in 2021, there seemed to be an epidemic of ribs injuries. You know, this Mm -hmm. year it was back injuries. I mean, there's a whole bunch of guys, you know, that suffered back injuries. So, so what is, you know, I don't know the answer they need to find it out because, you know, we can say all you want about having the good players or not, but if those good players aren't on the field, it doesn't do you any good. I mean, Jonathan Gannon just came with a team that was as healthy as any team that I've seen in the last five years. In the NFL with with not having guys uh, miss games and an offensive line that only missed three starts total three starts the entire season. And Mm -hmm. that's a big part of your success when your best players are on the field. The Cardinals obviously haven't had that for the last year and a half, and they need to be looking at that, like I said, very long and hard to try to figure out if there's a
0: pattern and why. Old players get hurt, too, and they've been too predicated on old players. Yeah, and they're going to get some young talent in the upcoming NFL draft. And we're bracing for a free agency that's going to see some house cleaning. Uh, But in the meantime, check out Howard's work at GoPHNX.com. Slam the promo code Howard, H-O-W-A-R-D. Become a diehard. Come yell and scream at us in the exclusive member Discord. We're hanging out there on a daily basis, 20% off. All uh, future PHNX events. Cop a free hat and/or shirt for every year you're signed up for the diehard subscription membership. Uh, again, like this video, share it around the YouTube Metaverse. We greatly appreciate it. We are closing in, I think, 11,000 subscribers here on YouTube, which is fantastic. It's fantastic how Howard having you on. We're gonna run it back tomorrow, and uh, my friend, maybe maybe we get some more info on this Hopkins deal. Because it really does feel like we're, we're touch and go, you know, closing in on something happening, especially as you mentioned with that with that guaranteed money coming up.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and that's, you know, that's a you know, that's that's a big thing. I mean, it's not it's not, it's not he doesn't have the guarantees, but it is a big cap hit and you can live yeah. with it maybe for a short period of time. But you definitely want it want it settled because if for some reason you can't trade him, well, then they they probably have to, you know, maybe do something with the contract because I don't mm-hmm. know what he would do. Because, you know, all, all indications are he'd like a new start, but he wants some kind of new contract with some guaranteed money. And, you know, we'll see if he's able able to get it. But, you know, we're, we're right around the corner. It seems that it, it never ends in the NFL. It seems like just yesterday that they played the Super Bowl. And here we are already done the combine and and free agency uh, a week from today. Next Monday is when negotiate. And we know that some of the negotiations go on before that anyway. But that's yeah. going to legally begin at what? Let's see. Noon Eastern. So I got to get this time right because the clocks change around the country, but not here. So that'll be nine Pacific next Monday, is when negotiations can begin with free agents from other teams. And then the new league year begins on Wednesday when every team has to be compliant uh, with the salary cap. So, you know, we know that what are we calling them now? Chosen Anderson. I don't know what yeah. that, that means, but that'll be 12 million cleared. And yeah. there'll probably be some other things also. But it's
0: uh, it'll it'll start getting crazy next week, no doubt about it. Doesn't feel like we've had any time off, and that's how we like it here. We only off season a of PHNX PHNX Cardinals ding that bell, so you get reminded every time we go live. For Howard Balzer, I'm Johnny Venerable. Subscribe to PHNX Cardinals wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you tomorrow.